You're listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. Alcohol harm poses a large issue to the people of Aotearoa. With 800 New Zealanders passing away yearly due to their drinking habits, it is time to change the culture we have surrounding alcohol. The Alcohol Harm Minimisation Bill presented by Chloe Swarbrick aims to allow more local control of alcohol sales without interference from supermarkets and liquor retailers, as well as removing alcohol sponsorship for sports teams. There is now a growing list of local authorities in support of this bill, and support is being asked for from cities without local alcohol policies such as Auckland, Wellington and Christchurch. Yesterday, I spoke with Chloe Swarbrick about what alcohol about what the alcohol harm minimization bill is and what it may mean for Aotearoa. What are the aims of the alcohol harm minimization bill? Hopefully to do what it says on the tin, which is to reduce alcohol harm. Um, Alcohol is recognised as one of the most harmful substances that we know of, both internationally and domestically, and that's amongst both licit, that being legal, and illicit or illegal drugs. So uh, it does this through two major mechanisms uh, as identified in the bill. The first is around removing special appeals processes for local alcohol policies. Those special appeals are an anomaly inside of any other similar regulatory framework that seeks to put a control around uh, harmful potential behaviour like gambling uh, or around psychoactive substances, for example. And the second thing is implementing a few, and only a few, because a member's bill can only do so much of the recommendations of the 2014 Ministerial Forum, commissioned by uh, actually the former national government and headed by Sir Graham Lowe, a sporting legend, uh, which made recommendations around severing the tie between uh, alcohol uh, sponsorship and sports. And alcohol is pretty prevalent in Aotearoa's youth culture here, especially down here in Dunedin and Ōtipoti. Um, what can be done to change how our youth perceive alcohol? So I tend to look at uh, kind of political change and social change from two broad spheres, and this is not just <laughs> something which has come from political theory. I actually never studied politics when I was at uni, but very much from um, I guess the five years that I've tried to um, push a few buttons um, inside of the parliamentary system. And those are kind of the structural stuff, so our laws and our regulations and our funding and our taxes and our subsidies and our international trade agreements and all that stuff. But the stuff that we don't talk about anywhere near enough, I think, is culture. And by that, I'm not talking about it in synonymous sense with people's ethnicity or geographical background or whatever else. I'm talking about a shared set of values and the kind of priorities or the unspoken rules, uh, you know, the, the literal stuff that brings those um, that structure uh, and those systems to life that means that we either pay attention to them or that we don't. So you have the opportunity through particularly the LAP uh, changes and the removal of that special appeals process uh, to set in place rules that communities actually want themselves about particularly the excess availability of particularly cheap liquor. Uh, and then on the flip side, around those cultural changes and around trying to you know, uh, stop saturating people so much with such explicit and overt uh, alcohol advertising, which we know, again, as reflected in the 2014 Ministerial Forum and the 2010 Law Commission Report and the 2018 Hiara Oranga Mental Health and Addiction Inquiry, the 2019 Turuki Turuki Safe and Effective Justice Review, all of those things contribute to excessive consumption and therefore harmful consumption of alcohol. And how is what's being proposed better than the current local alcohol policies that exist in various places around Aotearoa? 
Uh, so the Sale and Supply of Alcohol Act came into effect in 2012. That's 10 years ago now. And it was supposed to make it easier for uh, local authorities, that is councils around the country, to put in place these local alcohol policies. Um, primarily, uh, that looked like particularly having uh, control over off-licences. Uh, however, we've seen that in our major centres of Auckland, Hamilton, Wellington and Christchurch, uh, that there has not been an implementation of an LAP primarily because of those special appeals process, which are on a majority basis, especially appealed by uh, those off-licences and by the supermarkets, interestingly enough, uh, where you have seen LAPs implemented by threat of that special appeals process and the potential to spend millions of dollars in ratepayers' money, as has occurred in Christchurch before they gave up and ongoing in Auckland, uh, you've seen that in places where they have implemented them, they have unfortunately watered them down. Again, I think actually it's really valuable to reflect on the same kind of regulation that we had proposed in uh, the proposed uh, legislation for regulating cannabis in the 2020 um, referendum. We recognised that cannabis was a harmful substance and that therefore you should regulate it sensibly and by evidence, which means no advertising and some community control over where these outlets can be placed. It's not about saying that people shouldn't be doing this stuff because regardless of just say no campaigns, it doesn't work. It's about creating the best kind of uh, regulatory environment so that all of us can make healthier decisions. Particularly, you've talked about alcohol advertisements and sponsorships of sports teams. How do you think changing that will impact current drinking culture that we see surrounding sports games? Yeah, so it's quite difficult to quantify specifically, obviously, the impact that this is going to have. But the closest parallel that we do have is to the 1990s when we removed tobacco sponsorship in sports. And we had really similar things from uh, the industry, particularly the advertising industry, that the sky was going to fall in, that we weren't going to find replacement sponsorship and that, you know, all of it was going to turn to custard. Of course, that wasn't the case. And in fact, what we've also seen in other jurisdictions across the world that have moved to phasing out alcohol advertising in sports that they get higher value and healthier sponsors coming on board as a result. And you've started to see actually some really awesome um, partnerships locally here where you're seeing um, particularly Māori health organisations pushing forward for changes in the way that our professional sports team uh, operate and the kinds of things that they glorify and normalise. So what we do know, again, reflecting on those reports of 2010, 2014, 2018 and 2019, all commissioned by governments of different stripes, uh, is that repeated increased exposure to alcohol advertising normalises and glamorises excessive consumption of alcohol. Uh, and for anybody who can say that that's not the case, such as those who are within the advertising sector likely to say, uh, you only have to ask them why they're spending millions of dollars on doing exactly this if it makes no difference. Alcohol and alcohol harm presents a major health issue in Aotearoa. Do you think that this bill will help decrease alcohol culture and potentially improve health in this respect? Definitely, given that it implements two of the major recommendations, one from uh, the Health Promotion Agency uh, and Alcohol Health Watch and a range of NGOs, uh, and then the second around uh, Alcohol Advertising and Sponsorship Ministerial Forum from 2014. Um, what you find when you look at particularly the latest reports of the last term of government on mental health and addiction uh, and the one on the Safe and Effective Justice Review is that these reports at this point in time over the past decade have become incredibly self referential 
differential. Uh, and Turuki Turuki, the Safe and Effective Justice Review, they went as far as to call out the lack of political action on the things that governments have already been confronted with when it comes to the lowest hanging fruit to increase well-being and reduce harm. And that is the likes of removing those special appeals processes so that communities through local democracy can put in place their own policies on sale and supply of alcohol, which again is just about local democracy as far as I'm concerned, and not being overrun by commercial interests, which obviously are seeking to sell as much of this harmful substance as they possibly can to make a quick buck. Uh, and then on the flip side, around obviously making sure that we reduce exposure to this harmful substance and we just curb as much as we can the normalization and glamorization of it. None of this is saying that we're trying to stop people writ large from drinking as those who would try and extrapolate this out to a straw man would say. But it is about saying, again, we can create better structures that are evidence-based to reduce that harm. How can we educate the people of Aotearoa more effectively on the negative effects that result from overconsumption of alcohol? We started to see the Cancer Society come out, I believe today, if not yesterday, um, with their campaign around precisely this. So I see that, you know, we're, we're likely to see some kind of traction um, with public awareness campaigns. But it, it is interesting how seemingly deeply entrenched um, alcohol is in our society. For those who'd say it can't change, I'd ask them to reflect on our experience over the last 30 years with tobacco and with smoking. Um, and I'd also say that, interestingly enough, um, young people in particular, despite often being heralded in the headlines of our mainstream media outlets for being the worst offenders on this stuff around alcohol, that in fact, if you compare the figures of excessive drinking uh, in particular over the past few decades, that we have, again, a trend of decline. However, it is those who are in uh, middle and older age brackets who, who continue to drink to excess. So, again, all of this kind of points to the fact that, uh, <laughs> you can unpack a lot on that, uh, but it points to the fact that we can just create better regulatory environments so that people are enabled to make healthier decisions and not nudged by advertising or commercial interests into making those more harmful decisions. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.